2: 97.1 FM talk podcast. My name is King.
3: and the great outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews. My partner... Mark Cox here and our executive producer, Carl Middleman, Hello. at the helm. And we are here for another episode of Second Amendment Radio on The Great Outdoors. And again, I, at the front of the show, I want to encourage people to share this show uh, because when it airs, people blow up my phone. They're like, hey, I'm listening on radio right now. Well, uh, thank you for listening, but please share the show so we can spread the word because we do talk about a lot of things Second Amendment related. Uh, also, The Great Outdoors. We're going to, of course, do that because we do that every week. Mark, how are you today?
4: I'm doing well, I'm Just i was just jamming out to a little Kid Rock there at the top, thinking about getting out my my rifle and shooting at some Bud Light before the day's over. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. You see that okay. clip? It went viral. It was pretty uh, funny. L-
3: yeah. I-, I loved it, uh, but he needed a little <laughs> bit of Tannerite to make that uh, more effective.
4: <laughs> that would have been much better. Just blow the whole table up, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah exactly. Yeah, Go people's to reaction
4: store. to that, though, I, you know, I don't know. So as a, as a radio host, I've always hesitated to... Call for I don't know, people to stop buying something, a boycott or something. Right. I think that's an individual decision you need to make. You you'll, you people vote with their feet all the time. They move. Uh, they choose to buy this and not buy that. They go to this restaurant not that by that restaurant if they've had bad service. I mean, I just think that's an individual decision you need to make. But in the in the annals of bad marketing decisions. That one is climbing near the top. Whoever at Bud Light made that decision uh, to put uh, D- uh, Dylan Mulvaney on the, on one of their Bud Light cans, probably not the wisest uh, choice, I don't think. Uh,
3: you know what, though? There had to be more than one person making that decision, and yes. they probably sat down and thought, okay, how can we do this? and they take the biggest selling product that they have at uh, InBev, and they, they they do this with this one product. Wasn't it Hershey's Chocolate uh, just a couple of weeks ago? Big controversy because it was she, and it was like Kevin's Chocolates wanted to do a Hershey business because it was pronouns. Yes. Uh, it, it's getting a little out of hand. Mark bought some. I bought some of that. I'm still waiting for it. They said it
4: wasn't going to ship before <laughs> April 15th. They didn't make them. They wanted to see how many orders they got, they would get and before then they ordered them. them, yeah, and it wasn't cheap. But I'm getting a, I'm getting four chocolate bars.
3: So, and well, and they're waiting to get bought out by Hershey, so they can just take them <laughs> over. I guess I don't know. Um, but you plan. know what, you've we've been in the radio long enough, and these stories come up. You know, even before internet, uh, people would say price of gas is too expensive. Don't buy gas on this Monday coming up, and that's going to hurt the oil companies. You remember those uh, those I do. things? I do. It never works because never people works.
0: buy their gas
2: on Sunday or Tuesday. <laughs>
3: okay. Well, that uh, may
4: be, but the the go woke go broke thing is real. That's a real thing. Companies it it look at Bed Bath and Beyond. I'm convinced that played a role in that when they screwed with uh, the guy from my my pillow company. Mike Pence. Um, oh, it, no. yeah, Mike Pence. Mike Lindell. Mike Sorry. Lindell. Thanks. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I I think I think people people do do that. People make those decisions. You know, we had we had the discussion on my show this week. Is uh, remember when Marjorie Taylor Greene talked about a national divorce and everybody got all put out about it? This has been a couple yeah. months ago. You know, I had a conversation uh, with uh, one of my guests this week about this, Charles Payne. And then I heard Jason Whitlock on, on um, the Tucker Carlson show this week. And, and his point was, if you look at what's going on in places like Chicago, where they go out of the out of the frying pan and into the fire because they get rid of Lori Lightfoot and everybody thinks, well, it's going to get better except it doesn't get better because now they've got a guy who's more progressive and more wants to defund the police than Lori Lightfoot ever did. Uh, People are going to call U-Haul and they're going to get a truck and they're going to move. They're just not going to continue to put up with the insane policies that we're seeing in some progressive, mostly big city governments. Uh, So it's going to happen organically. People are going to are going to move to areas where there are people who are like-minded. It doesn't surprise me at all.
3: Okay. Anytime we've talked about this migration, we talked about the migration of people that move to a different geographical area of this country, but they're taking their politics with them. Or are they? If they're not happy with the politics in Chicago and they move to, you know, uh, I don't know, Naples, Florida, are they bringing their politics down there to just start that again, changing them so much that they've got to load a U-Haul up, like you said, or call Mayflower and hit the road boy I hope not
4: Let, let's let's pray that's not uh, that's not what's going on so um, we have a associate digital producer here on at the radio station who is in New York this weekend and she's bragging about it you know young lady 20 probably 23 24 years old and right. and I listened to this soundbite bite for Marjorie Taylor Green this week and I I could not have agreed with her more based on my recent experience in New York she was up there for the Trump arraignment this is what she said. Really
2: quick, since you were just there, but Mayor Adams described New York as, quote, his home. How did his home look? Pretty neat and tidy?
0: No, his home is disgusting. I compared it to what I called Gotham City. The streets are filthy. They're covered with people um, basically dying on drugs. They can't even stand up. They're falling over. There's so much crime in the city. I can't can't comprehend how people live there. Um, It was repulsive. It smells bad. And I just, I think it's a terrible place.
4: It's repulsive it smells bad i I played that uh, for for Anna this week and I'm like whatever you do d- travel in packs don't go out alone and don't take the subway uh, right, She's planning right. to take the subway anyway they're they're fearless at
3: that age I well, imagine but she's but,
4: going with a pack. She is good but <laughs> I said don't go by yourselves. I mean you t- just be careful.
3: You have to be, you know, and and it's a shame because when I travel to the East Coast, uh, my wife, uh, her family's in upstate New York. It's so easy to jump on the train from Albany Mm -hmm. or that area, uh, Kingston, go into the city, change trains to go into Jersey. And now I have no desire to do that. But you know what? The traffic ain't much better than that. So I I don't know. Uh, When you think of a a deserted, dystopian looking uh, city, think of Escape from New York. I'm not saying it's just like that but I mean it kind of gives you an idea. That, that is a great example. I in
4: fact we must we're, we're like brothers from another mother. I brought that up on my show this week. I'm like the the two ladies in the studio with us were too young to remember escape from New York but I'm like sure. basically takes place far in the future where they've they've given up on the people that are irredeemable they they're just criminals so they just sent them all to New York City and they put a fence around it and it's yeah. it's like a prison um and and you know <laughs> the, the, and they big filmed cities, it here yeah they filmed it in they <laughs> filmed it Station. in St Louis but I said our big cities, you know, inc- increasingly are becoming lawless, and now the mayor in Chicago is, is uh, wants to further defund the police because he thinks he's got the answer on how to fix crime, and it's not to put more people in jail.
3: Man, I, it's just Mark, it's just craziness. Because you know, the greatest city in the world was New York City, and now you know, you you have people that come in uh, from out of the out of the country want to see the Statue of Liberty, want to see, and now I can't imagine what their tourism dollars look like. It's it's insanity. It truly yeah. is. Yeah.
4: Well, I I would ag- I would agree with that. So we talk a lot about uh, Second Amendment and training and all of that on this show we have over the years, and and coming up we're going to do that again because. I was thinking about this. We had uh, down in Glen Allen, we had that horrible uh, tornado this week that killed people. And, you know, we we had the threat of severe weather here in St. Louis. Fortunately, we didn't get any. I'm thinking to myself, if I found myself in one of those situations, what, would I know what to do if, if I had right. to apply uh, first aid for someone? And the answer really is probably not. Uh, and my friends over at the Rain St. Louis West, they are going to be hosting a tactical triage and treatment uh, training program. So coming up here in just a couple minutes, we will talk to uh, Phil, one of the uh, head chief cooks and bottle washers over at the Rain St. Louis <laughs> West. I mean, he does it all, but he's also in charge of their training program. And this could kind of explain why that's probably a good idea for, for all of us
3: uh, to, yeah, to know I've... how to do that. And and do it before those young ladies go to New York. They might need those uh those skills.
4: You don't know. Great advice, Bo Matthews. Hey, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get to a quick break. We will uh, get our friend Phil on here, tell you what you need to know about this, how you can get signed up for it coming up right here on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: say you were wrong to ever
0: leave me alone. And now you're sorry, you're
5: lonesome and scared. And you say you'd be happy.
4: Second Amendment Radio in the great outdoors. Mark Cox in here he along with Bo Matthews, who's having a flashback, aren't you? To a different time in radio. I don't have Bo Matthews. I'm Bo not
3: hearing him. Oh, there he is. You there again? Yeah, I am. He's just listening to Travis Tritt. (laughs) No, it sounds like technical technical difficulties. I don't know, but here I am. Good. I just said you were probably having a flashback to a different radio studio somewhere. You know, I'll tell you, uh, I've seen Travis Tritt many times, and you always expect it to be high energy and explosions and pyromania and all this stuff, and the last time I saw him he was at the Alton Pavilion, right by the old Alton yeah. Bell. Yeah. And they had a, they had like a recliner out on the stage. Where I'm like, what is going on here? But he's got a lot of slow songs. He does have a few fast ones. They're called
4: ballads. He said this week that he's not having any more uh, Anheuser Busch products at his concerts.
3: Yes. I did see that. I did see that.
4: <laughs> All because of the Dylan Mulvaney uh, controversy with him on a Bud Light can. I don't know that 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 bummed me out because I'm I'm unlikely to boycott businesses just in general um however this bothers me because i do like elysian space dust and i only found out about a year ago that that's an anheuser-busch product so that, that you know at least they didn't put it on a bottle of elysian space dust i'll have to say that uh not a great marketing idea I, I would just in general yet <laughs> well
3: yeah. did you did you see the upset grandpa video kid rock i did yes i did <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, and either not a very good shot. Carl is of the belief that he had, that there's a second gun that you don't see off, off to the right. off to camera to the right. And, and, and he's not a good shot
3: it. because he did not <laughs> knock all of the cases over. But yeah. as we've learned, a larger clip allows you to not be a good shot and still maybe hit something once well, in a while. he
4: did. I'm not sure what he was shooting. I didn't pay close attention to it, but <laughs> uh, it was um,
2: uh, cases of Bud Light.
4: Mark. No, no. I mean he was trying the, to make a point I mean, the gun. I mean, oh, I, oh, I don't oh, know yeah, what yeah. kind of gun he was shooting. I didn't pay any attention to that. Looks Speaking of like maybe what he needed was more training from my friends at the range. We have Phil Balsamo on with us this morning, uh, who d- is in charge of d- some of the great training programs they have at the range. St. Louis West over in Baldwin. Phil, welcome back.
6: Thanks, Mark. I
4: Appreciate it. Absolutely. You want to give Kid Rock some shooting lessons? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind at all.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh boy. You know, uh you guys do you do great work over there. I've taken a number of the of the classes myself, and coming up, I'm planning on taking your tactical triage and treatment class. And, you know, I, I'll i have to admit, if if I came upon a bad car accident or, heaven forbid, your neighborhood got hit by a tornado or something like that, I wouldn't know where to begin to even do, you know, to basically address some of those issues. I mean, that's kind of what this
6: class is for, right? Uh, absolutely. And I think that's a, a huge point. A lot of people think about... Um, uh, a self-defense as being their own first responder, you know, in a in a bad situation, and but but truly, we're much more likely to come up on a a car accident or a, um, a an injury of some sort, whether it's due to uh, you know working in a garden, whether I mean in a yard with chainsaws or whatever the case may be, our our propensity to come on uh, traumatic events is pretty high. And uh not enough people have an understanding of what true trauma is, um, what needs immediate attention, what what's okay to wait a little while for. Um and, and like you said, that's that's really what this class is 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 designed for.
3: Bill, I think it's a great idea. You know, as kids uh, growing up in elementary school, we learned, uh, you know, resuscitating, Annie. We learned CPR. It's a lot different than it was way back when. Uh, you know, again, I was in elementary school in, you know, the 70s and early 80s. Mm-hmm. But uh, will you be teaching the upgraded CPR in addition to triaging, broken bones, things like that?
6: No, this this class doesn't address the uh, the like basic first aid or basic CPR, and those are extremely valuable skills to have, without sure. a doubt. I, I think that that is that's typically a first step for people when they're when they start thinking about medical uh, classes. Is most people will say if you say, Hey, do you have any medical training? They'll usually say, Yeah, I've got my CPR certification Um, and that's not discounting that at all that's super important Um, and again the the likelihood of coming up on somebody who's who's had a heart attack um and and could use cpr is very high so um uh, that's a great course to have this course really addresses uh major bleeding events um or or uh infiltrations into uh your your airway system and and um understanding that when something like this happens that you have to be able to act right away to save somebody's life you know in a lot of cases help help is is many minutes if not an hour or more away if you're somewhat remote and you you truly have to be your own first responder or that first responder for your your loved one or, or family friend whatever whoever it is you're you're out in the middle of nowhere with
3: Or if you're in downtown St. Louis, we all learned the story of the father of the young girl uh, at the tournament here that lost her legs in that car wreck. Uh, If it wasn't for her father, she may not have survived that because, I mean, people were giving him belts and he had medical uh, training. So it is very, very important. Is super important. And we, we actually cover, um,
6: obviously, the, the best, the, the preference is to have real medical equipment with you. If you need a tourniquet, it's best to have a tourniquet. But we do actually tr- teach you how to uh, make improvised tourniquets, um, belts can be a good option. Not always the best option, depending on on what the belt is made out of and and how it's constructed and all that sort of thing, but there's there's actually plenty of options for making uh, improvised tourniquets, if you can at all, definitely having having a real one with you, which isn't a hard thing to carry, truthfully, uh, but having a real one with you is extremely valuable.
4: That's a great point. Phil Balsamo with us from the Range St. Louis West. We're talking about some of their great training classes that they offer over there. And one that's coming up uh, in early May is Tactical Triage and Treatment. Now, Phil, you're going to be working with uh, the folks from... What, uh, uh, Master Instructor Rob Morton is going to be working with you from Tactical Combat and Casualty Care. Is that right?
6: Yeah, well, it's from Tactical Care Concepts is okay. the name of his company. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's the one that teaches our, our advanced level trauma classes. He spent 25-plus uh, years or so in the, in the Army as a combat medic. Um, he, he's got a, a wealth of, of knowledge and information to share and, and put, really puts on a great class.
3: But it's also about uh, situational training too. Uh, as far as you know, the the fear of school shootings or 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 a, a shooting in a, in a public you know scenario, uh, you're going to be going through some of that uh, on what to look for, right? Absolutely, and it's it's not so much an awareness of of the threat about to happen in this course. We
6: have other courses that deal with that sort of thing, but this is about if it happens in in a like hostile type of situation. How do you address it? How do you how do you address the, the casualties, um, understanding the casualties that you can help and uh, unfortunately some that you can't? Um, it's about making decisions, slowing yourself down, thinking through a situation um, to make the best decision you can uh, in, the, in the chaos that's happening. Wow.
4: So that's where the triage part comes in, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. If you're if it's an active shooter situation and you're in a situation to help somebody who's been wounded, you have to be aware of how much risk you're putting yourself at to try to help that individual, which is a difficult place to be. Oh,
6: that's a tough spot to be for sure. Yeah, wow. and you you don't want to become another casualty that that then somebody else has to try to address. You you want to do the best you can to, to limit the number of casualties, which sometimes means that that you have to you have to stand by and wait for the appropriate time to be able to get in and help somebody, or or formulate a plan before you actually move towards that person of, of where you're going to take them, what you're going to do with them, how you're going to address uh, the situation that they're in. Good currently. stuff. Yep,
4: Phil. So this is a four hour course coming up on a Saturday and in, in early May,
6: correct? Yes, sir. Yep, uh, May seventh, I believe.
4: Okay, good. So people can go to therangestl.com, click on the training tab. You can find it there and get signed up for it if it's something uh, you want to do. You know, I've, I've, I've taken a number of your classes, and I brag all the time about just how thorough they are and how much I've learned uh, coming over there. But, you know, in, in addition to that, I, I noticed recently you've, you've done more, like, active shooting drills. Is it Vinny who's running those? Is that correct? The yeah, mild so and the Vinny, spicy yeah. class?
6: Yes, yeah. So Vinny is is known for uh, his his ability to make up fun shooting drills uh, on the fly, and uh, we get comments from his students all the time about how much fun they had at the end of this class because he decided to do a thing. So we we made some classes, uh, and it's not really a class necessarily, but it's it's mild drills and spicy drills with Vinny, um, where he comes up with on the mild side. They're a little bit easier for for the newer not new shooter but newer to the advanced level classes shooter can take the mild drills and then the spicy drills for people for folks that have gone through our uh, um all three of our defensive handgun courses can take the spicy drills and they get pretty fun we had our first one uh, just the other day and it was way too much fun
4: <laughs> i am looking forward to taking uh, t- taking that myself so so it's, yeah, it's, i think it's a, a good time. idea You'll especially
3: before you- especially before you head out west to uh, go on another camping trip <laughs> you know as people are getting ready to do their rv trips just think even if you're going to you know uh what is it uh, elephant rock park or something i mean this is dangerous uh, compared to your normal daily life of walking to get your Starbucks. So oh, it is absolutely. good to have that training, especially if you encounter an animal or something. Um, not referencing the video I sent you the other day about the guy camping with bears. You oh, no kidding. I, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll not talk about no, that. Um, but it does come in handy in, in all walks of life, especially when people get out, whether you know people are you know getting out of hibernation, it's so important, even if you're going for a hike in your local, you know, park or babbler or something like that, it's just good to have because, you know, you twist an ankle, this may come in handy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just to,
6: to, for one, you know, in a a case of a twisted ankle to, to have an understanding that, Hey, I'm not in immediate danger right now. I don't have blood gushing out of my leg or my arm or whatever. Um, it's, this is, this is yeah. Hopefully not. But if you do, that's that's what this this trauma class is really to address that You know that hey, you are in trouble, and you have to figure something out now.
4: Yeah, it's it's a good point. So, Phil, I know that you know this morning, uh, this week on on my show, uh, one of my one of our producers here is going to New York, and uh, you know she's she's a young woman in her early twenties talking about riding the subway up there and i'm warning her you you gotta be careful you gotta it's not safe in new york what are you thinking about you guys offer classes uh for people like her for example to talk about situational awareness and and basic self-defense as well right
6: yeah absolutely Uh, we have one uh, actually specific to women um uh, on awareness and and basic self-defense Um, You know, and it it really, really boils down to uh, getting good information to to women about how to pay attention, what they need to pay attention to uh, what we call uh, pre incident indicators of, of little things that you can pick up on that. That should tell you that something is is amiss, and you need to act. That act doesn't mean you need to go punch somebody in the face. Right. That act sometimes means you just need to turn around and go the other way, or or keep an extra eye on on this person, or whatever. But it gives you um, information you need to make good, sound decisions.
3: Well, Phil, I'll I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, anybody can take a view of your training uh, p- uh, tab on your website. And there is just so much. So those, you know, new gun owners, or or maybe you want to, uh, you know, be more versed in uh, you know, just, uh, firearms for home defense. Uh, the, you know, there's classes out there, but you know what, there are some people that don't, you know, are, they're intimidated by classes. And I see a tab here that also says you offer private lessons on some of these things. So it really is a, a wealth of knowledge for anybody in this crazy world we're living in to be able to go out to the range St. Louis West. And, and really, you know, you know what, look at it like you're, you know, your bowling league, spend some time and money on yourself to make sure you're, you're up to snuff on certain things. Cause you don't, know what's going to happen right now absolutely that's a good point well,
4: phil i'll uh, plan to see you out there for the tactical triage and treatment class i'm looking forward to uh to getting that one under my belt as well always great having you on my friend thank you
6: well thank you very much i appreciate it
4: yep we'll see you soon at the uh the range st louis west 14803
3: manchester road uh, out in Baldwin, the range stl.com you know, couples are always looking for something to do together. Anyway, you know, maybe sign up as a couple to do that. A great you know, idea. make it a yeah. date night, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, the Second Amendment and the Great Outdoors show is going to go outdoors with my new friend Julie Stropman. Uh, she is forty years into the whole horticulture world, and she is a, a, a just a joy to be around and to talk to. We're going to talk to her next on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Stay right there. Somewhere between a boy and man. It is Second she Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. This segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory. They have the most impressive in stock silencer and suppressor selection in St. Louis. Got my first one from them, and once you get one, they say, you're going to want one for every caliber. Uh, go in and see Jesse and Brad and their crew there at Razorback Armory on Manchester, in DePair, just like a half mile east of 270, and online at RazorbackArmory.com. Okay, so we have this opportunity to go and talk about the outdoors, Mark, and I'm sure you have people that take care of your yard work. Um, <laughs> the, but the, his
4: name is I'm, Mark.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and I live rurally, so I don't have a lot of yard work, but... People like to, you know, my wife likes to do perennials and annuals and things like that. And I became fast friends with a lady named Julie Stratman. She's from Pasiglia Nursery. And uh, they've got a new podcast that just launched that kind of, I was kind of involved with helping get launched. Uh, It's called To the Root with Pasiglia. Julie, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the great outdoors. How are you?
0: Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Bo.
3: <laughs> you guys are slam busy out there, and congratulations on getting the podcast launched. Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll just give a little plug for that. What are people going to learn from To The Root?
0: I got to tell you, To The Root is so exciting. I get goosebumps every time I talk about it, and it is just down to the basics every day, questions and comments about plant material that you might have, or anything in nature that, you know, we can help you with. That is what our goal is.
4: Well, it's, you know, the, the, the always, and there's no shortage of material, generally speaking. you probably got years and years of, of things you've wanted to talk about, and this gives you an outlet for it, correct?
0: Uh, absolutely. You know, um, everybody says you just don't stop talking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark does that, too. Yeah. You, Julie. you get
0: me excited about plants <laughs> and you know I can go on and on and on
3: Julie,
4: when I started my radio show in 97.1, my wife was so relieved. She said, you've been doing this in the living room for 20 years. I'm glad you're taking it somewhere else. So, so I get that at all. But, by the way, uh, I, I love Pasiglia. I'm, I'm a customer, by the way, of Pasiglia. It's not very far oh. from my house. I've been up there and buying sod and and flowers and all kinds of things over the years. So, um, Well, you know what? I,
0: I think I recognize your voice. Well, thank you. That's uh, very possible. Because I'm always here, so I got to know you.
4: <laughs> I, I get that from uh, from the radio all the time. But but thank
0: you for that.
3: Yeah. Well, so, Julie, please, Julie, no. I wanted to I wanted to get in here and, and just mention uh, on the first podcast that uh, you and I that I helped you record, I co-hosted. Uh, you yeah. had a beautiful way of describing Mother Nature and what she's doing with these crazy storms. Could you put that out there for the listeners of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mother Nature. Uh she knows exactly what she's doing every day. And you cannot fight Mother Nature. You have to work with her because she's always going to win. So, you know, knowing what the signs are, what's coming like this morning, we were ready for frost because the temperatures were low, we had moisture in the air, and the wind stopped. Luckily for us, the clouds came over. So Mother Nature helped us out a little bit there. And the frost couldn't land on our plants because that can cause a lot of damage and makes everything unsellable. So Mother Nature is my best friend. I never talk bad about her because if you do, (laughs) tomorrow she's going to give you a different plan. (laughs) Yeah.
4: I I joked uh, this week. I went to the day game this week for the Cardinals. And um, I, I just completely ignored meteorologist Dave Murray. We carry his forecast Ten times an hour, it seems like on Same the radio station. On you. I know, I know. And, and you don't sa-
0: ignore that. He says
4: this front's going to move through, and it's going to cool off. Well, I'm like, oh, it's going to cool off a few degrees. I, I, I head to the game at 65 degrees, but the time I got there and was walking into Bush Stadium, it was 50 degrees. So yes. Mother Nature knew what Mother Nature was doing, but Mark did not that day. So it all, yeah. it's always good to be prepared, right?
0: Mother Nature has a way of cleaning her house. You know, so she does all these things for a reason. You know, there's a reason it gets cold uh, after it's been a long warm-up. She's cleaning house, making things balanced again.
3: So <laughs> Julie Straubman it's is our guest from Pasiglia nursery. And, uh, I have to tell you that, uh, one bit of information Mark that she gave me was once you hear the peepers, the frogs three times, yes. uh, we're pretty much done with winter. I've been hearing them a lot lately, so I didn't fear the frost this morning or, you know, during this past mm-hmm. week here, but at what point, I mean, generally, I guess it may be different for everybody, but at what point do you do the fertilizer and put the seed out for your, your, your yard?
0: Okay, well, and that's about the time the peepers start up for the third time because right now the peepers haven't stopped. They have one more stop and then start, and we should be done with frost. So you got to listen for when you don't hear them, and that could be tonight, tomorrow night, hopefully, because I hope we're on a warming trend after that. But once the ground temperatures start getting above 40 degrees, that is the best time to start your fertilizing because once the one thing is that nitrogen does not break down until it warms up enough for the plants to utilize it so your nitrogen just sits there in the soil and dissipates before the plants can even use it if you fertilize too early wow wow
3: yeah that's good to know did you text me yeah, could you text me when when I should do that? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> text everybody I
0: you on my speed dial. <laughs> so Julie,
4: Julie's, Julie's h- handing this information out uh, d- with the advice. If you go into Pasiglia and visit him there uh, in Wildwood, and uh, th- so I put out, I I went ahead and put out a little bit of grass seed uh, for some patches that need need some grass grown in it. Sure. Did I do it yeah. too early?
0: No, actually, grass seed you want to put out early enough. Because it will sprout at cooler temperatures, So, and oh. those are your cool-season grasses. Your warm-season grasses are your ornamental grasses, and those need warm soil, but your cool grasses, like your lawn grasses, those germinate more quickly, and they don't need the nitrogen until they put enough root down. Yeah. So then their timing is all correct. You know, so well,
4: I'm glad okay. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. I mean, the reason I was at Pasiglia is buying uh, uh, sod last summer is because I finally gave up. I was trying to grow grass and I, I got a couple little sprouts and I couldn't get it to grow. And I just gave up and thought, I'm just going to put <laughs> I'm just going to put sod down. So I put sod <laughs> down and then I'd go out in the morning and the edges of it would be rolled up. And I'm guessing I had a possum or, or, well, or, or, or
0: a raccoon or, yeah. you know. Yeah, hopefully not the armadillo.
4: <laughs> I don't think so. It was inside of the yard, so I'm assuming it was something that was able to crawl oh. over the fence. Um,
0: yeah, it could be uh, probably a raccoon. They're they're notorious for it.
4: I do not have I do not have a green thumb, so I depend heavily on people like Julie to fill me in on this
3: stuff. <laughs>
0: We have this special fertilizer you can dip your thumb in and turn it green. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: not going to go over my black thumb, though. That's uh, that's the sad part. Um, it's hard to cover uh, up
0: that color, you know. On you know with the dye. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Pasiglia Nursery is a, a buzz of action right now. I've been out there several times since uh, setting up their podcast uh, studio and uh, been a joy to work with. You guys are uh, yes. also changing Wonderful, in this uh, Wonderful. Yeah. In, in this year you're changing though. You're going to be doing you're going to be doing like classes in the showroom, right?
0: Absolutely. We've had a few of them already this season and this weekend right now through Saturday we're doing our Easter egg hunt which is really great. You know, when you come out to the checkout counter, you can uh, pick out an egg, and there's prizes in the egg, and it could be anywhere from 20% off to 5% off to a free hanging basket. And people are loving it. Matter of fact, right now we're so crowded inside, it's noisy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's, a, that's a good problem to have, for sure.
0: Yeah, um, And just to
4: remind people, you guys are located there at uh, Clayton Road 109.
0: Correct. Right at the corner across from Lafayette High School. Yeah,
4: so easy, easy to find there. So, Julie, let me ask you as a West County resident, and uh, I leave for work each morning very early, uh, usually before four a.m. And uh, if I'm on time, and I see deer <laughs> almost every day when I'm coming uh, d- uh, on Clayton Road, and all West County is overrun with the deer population. Absolutely. So, I'm well, guessing the most common question you get this time of year is. What can I plant that the deer won't eat?
0: Yes, uh, we get it every day. And if you ever come through the nursery at 4 or 4.30 in the morning, would you chase the deer off? (laughs)
4: Yeah, I'm going the opposite (laughs) direction, but I can swing by there if you want.
0: (laughs) Yeah, would you? (laughs) It would be helpful. (laughs) Well, the thing is, there's so many plants that are deer-resistant. Nothing is deer-proof, of course. Because the deer will not leave the area where they're born. They'll stay within their zone. And what they do is when they run out of their food they like, they find something different that they start to eat. Because they're going to eat no matter what. The thing is, because you're in deer territory, you when you plant something new in their territory, that's their living room, you put something new, they're going to check it out. And they could ruin it the very first night they check it out. And then they'll decide, oh, I don't like that anyway. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, I hope. Yeah. So the thing is, when you first plant, right away, you have to protect it with either the deterrence, netting, whatever you feel you works best for you. Um, but you have to do it right away because even if I sold you something that is deer resistant, they don't like, it's tried and true, we know they don't like it, they could go pull it right out of the ground, eat half of it, and then decide they don't like it.
3: <laughs> but ultimately, Julie, aren't they going to be spreading those seeds around eventually? <laughs> One way or the other.
0: <laughs> One way or not. the other, yes. yeah. Pre-fertilized.
3: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, oh, yeah it that's does, a product we it need does to sell.
0: help in that respect.
3: <laughs> uh, uh well I'll tell you um I remember my grandfather uh he had a garden in his backyard and he would come out with a shotgun like Joe Biden and you know blast <laughs> a couple in the air just to scare him off um yes. you know when pe- a lot more people are doing gardens in their in their you know green space uh do you guys also offer advice out of Pasiglia for for people that want to grow their own food
0: Oh absolutely yes we have we'll have a couple of classes this late spring and early summer On vegetables, herbs, and even some of the fruit plants like uh, the blueberries and raspberries, Uh which I grow a lot of blueberries, you know, in my own home um, and love it. Absolutely love it. The biggest struggle there is keeping the birds off of them.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, so uh, short of a full-size greenhouse, you know, on our place, my wife and I have been talking about getting one of those big dog kennels, you know, that are like 10 foot by 10 foot. Is that a a good idea to keep, like, the ground critters out anyway?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, keep the ground critters and the deer out. You know, any fence that is at least seven foot tall is going to really block (laughs) out the deer. And then for your ground critters, you know, that low uh, they call it chicken wire or, you know, yep. there's a lot of different other kinds of wire that just make sure it's a small enough um, <clears throat> design that it keeps those critters out at the base. Well,
3: all the all the dog pens we've seen that we are looking at at the different farm stores are only six feet tall. I think that'll do some yes. good.
0: Uh, it'll do some good, but really, <laughs> a deer can stand right there and jump yeah. six foot without a problem.
3: Exactly. Right into Mark's grill of his it, truck. Yeah, right. no doubt about <laughs> They have no problem getting over my five five-and-a-half-foot
4: fence, I, I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> Ju- right. Julie Stratman, thank you so much. A uh, Pleasure thank having you. you on here. And I, I know we've met, we just didn't know who we each were at the time. Yeah, so.
0: we, n- now we know, now <laughs> we know. <laughs>
4: I will look you up the next time I'm in there. Pasiglia.com is your website, right? Yes, it is. Is that the best way for people to get a hold of the podcast?
0: Uh, They can get the podcast through there or Spotify, Google, Apple. uh, We're everywhere.
3: It's called To the Root with Basiglia. That lady right there, 40 years in the horticulture world and uh, also a beekeeper as well. So if you have bee questions, you can ask her. Mm -hmm. Julie, thank you so much for joining us on Second Amendment Radio on The Great Outdoors. Seriously.
0: Thank you, Bo. Thank you, Mark. Uh,
4: you bet. We'll talk soon, uh, Julie. Yeah, we I'm will. Sure, I'll be seeing you and
3: begging for some yard advice here soon.
4: You bet.
0: What you a, guys have a great day.
3: Thanks. Good stuff, man. She is just a joy to be around. Absolutely, absolutely. All right,
4: we've covered it all today. There's no doubt about that, right?
3: Ain't that the truth? The Second all right, Amendment
4: boys. and the great outdoors. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.
3: See you, boys. Pew pew. pew, pew. Singing, sweet